When a train line reaches its absolute capacity, no more passengers are boarding. Those trains are full. The trains are full and the line is full, so there can be no more trains added to the timetable. How do you get more people on trains when you are at capacity? You could try a new train line. But the cost of a new line could be massive. Take Crossrail in London. £15 billion of public money to build a new line. And it takes years of planning and securing funds, and then the build itself can take many more years. All the time there are passengers needing to get to work and home again, and they can't. But how about longer trains? Longer trains means more space on each train, therefore more capacity on the line. The only snag is the new trains will be longer than the platform the old trains were built for. You're going to have to extend the train platforms, every one of them. Above ground, that might not be such a problem. Add a little bit of extra standing room at one end or the other, move the stop sign, and you're good to go. Underground, however, is a very different story. You need to shut down the track, dig out the new platform area, put in all the permanent supports, servers, etc., and reopen. That means shutting down a train line that is already in such high demand that it is at capacity, shutting it down for months, or maybe even years. But... In a picturesque city tucked away near the Spanish border in southern France, they have found another way. A way to keep the trains running and expand capacity with only the tiniest bit of interruption. Hello and welcome to the Tunnelling Podcast. My name is John Young. And I'm Rian Owen. This week, we are taking a socially distanced look at how Toulouse, a city in southern France, has come up with a new solution to the rail expansion problem. How the engineers have managed to increase the capacity of the Metro Line A to cope with the ever-growing demand. But before we do that, we first of all have to journey back to the early 1980s when the Toulouse City Council was planning the city's transport future. The city and the surrounding area was growing quickly. In the 1950s, the population of the urban area was little more than 250,000. It doubled by 1975 to more than 500,000. The city needed to adapt and by 1983 the city council had agreed to go ahead with a new northeast-southwest metro line, Line A. To help reduce costs, five stations, including three underground stations, were built with shorter platforms able to accommodate trains with just two carriages. As the city grew further, with more than 750,000 inhabitants in the urban area, a second metro line and tram system and an extension to Line A were all given the go-ahead. But as a population approached one million people, Line A could go no further. With the short central stations, the capacity was limited to just 210,000 passengers a day. Expansions on the transport network elsewhere were all feeding additional passengers onto Line A. The need for extra capacity was clear, but creating that capacity without shutting down the line seemed impossible. My name is Anne-Laure Brazier. My company is TCO Engineering. We are the client and I coordinated the project in which we undertook the ambitious extension of three underground stations of the Toulouse A-Line in France. 
Tissu, which is 80% government-owned, is the metro operator, and Tissu Engineer is the operator's engineering arm. It was their job, or more specifically, and Lord's job, to work out how they could increase capacity long-term, without impacting services short-term. Faced with the increase in traffic higher than expected, the operator TCO decided to increase the capacity of this line during rush hours by operating 52 meter long trains. In the long term, a minimum interval between two 52 meter long trains of 75 seconds may be achieved. On this line, three underground stations required an expansion of the structure because in the initial construction of this metro line, for cost reasons and because of deadlines and construction constraints, in these three stations, only 26 meter long platforms were built. So cost-saving efforts in the original construction of the metro line were now coming back to haunt the operator. With short stations, you can only run short trains. First, we examined the possibility of operating the A-line with 52-meter trains without extending the platforms of these three stations. These studies have shown that this mode of operation with 52-meter trains with platforms smaller than the length of the train would raise many technical acceptability and operating questions. It was difficult to answer available conditions for the evacuation of passengers, especially for persons with reduced mobility. The station configuration would require the installation of underground small gallery and adaptation of the valve system with significant complexity for a low quality of service. Running long trains on short platforms was a no-go. Fears for public safety in an emergency and the costs involved in reconfiguring the automatic train system, known as VAL, was too high for too little gain. Secondly, we considered another solution of serving short station only with 26 meter trains mixed in the carousel with 52 meter long trains. It also involved strong operating constraints for a reduced quality of service. Finally, we adopt the solution of extending the platform of this three station for a final length of 52 meters. With the commitment made to lengthening the platforms, it was then up to Anlor and her team at TSO Engineer to find a way of lengthening the platforms without shutting down the service. The original board tunnel is lined with concrete segmental rings. It is situated in the alluvial plain of the Garonne River. The three stations are located in the alluvial plain of the Garonne River. The local stratigraphy is on top 5 to 7 meters of quaternary water-bearing alluvial deposit with sand and gravel. And below the alluvium, the local bedrock called molas, which is the sedimentary deposit consisting of stiff sandy silt with thick lenses of medium to coarse clean sand and limestone layers. This local bedrock is weathered on top and very thick, 
more than 500 meters. To lengthen the stations, the TISU team, along with engineer Arcadis, designed a construction method using a top-down excavation. The plan was to expose the existing tunnel lining from above, remove the tunnel segments and construct a platform structure and backfill. To keep trains running throughout the expansion, the engineers developed an ingenious temporary work solution. Steel arches, described as steel rib supports, would be erected using a train built for the purpose. In the summer of 2017, during a short closure of the track, the train delivered the steel arches with the steel plates that were erected under the tunnel lining that was to be exposed and removed to enable the expansion. With the ribs erected, there is just enough space for the trains to pass through. While they remain completely shielded from the construction work. At no time were the 220,000 passengers of the airline aware that they were travelling in the earth of an underground construction site. The design consisted in supporting the weight of the segment of the tunnel and the works equipment's shocks, while keeping size constraints allowing the circulation of the metro. A similar system of supports, but without steel plates, had already been used in the tunnel of this A-line when we built the station at the crossing of the B-line. The primary constraint that governed the project design and the method was the schedule constraints. The first challenge was to respect the project's schedule governed by the two periods of summer stoppage for the setup and the removal of the tunnel shell. The cohabitation of two worlds with different constraints, a civil engineering site and an automated electromechanical system was permanent. The success of this cohabitation was mandatory to ensure the safety and the comfort of the passengers and what was the other great challenge of this singular project. The steel ribs were erected in July 2017 during a short closure of the metro line. Then from July to December, diaphragm walls were excavated and poured. With the walls cast, the top-down excavation to expose the tunnel lining could begin. Excavation was carried out in three phases, with reinforcement and propping being placed between each phase as the contractors dug deeper. While excavation through the sandy gravel material was straightforward, the real project risk came from exposing the tunnel lining. The uplift risk due to the excavation could have consequences on the tun tunnel behaviour and therefore on the passenger's safety. Removing the earth from above the tunnel could cause upheave. This could be catastrophic for the trains passing through the live construction site. The, the results of investigation and modelization led us to the implementation of the observational method. Precautionary measures, monitoring and mitigation solutions were defined. From the start of the earthwork, an automated and continuous monitoring system with real-time warning system connected to the subway common post was set up. The system included a topographic monitoring of the track and slab set up by the civil engineering constructor 
along with a comparator tracker set up by the assembler and periodic visual inspection of the tunnel slab. So with monitoring on the track and the base slab, the slightest movement could be detected and immediately relayed to the Metro Command Centre, which could stop any train about to pass through the moving section of the tunnel. This method also required, prior to the civil engineering works, to define response scenario depending on the displacement of the structure of the rail in accordance with the operating condition and the possibility of intervention on the track. The action varied from simple visual inspection to complete stop of circulation. This last scenario was fortunately never implemented. Pre-construction modelling of the project predicted a tunnel heave of approximately 10 millimetres. From the start of the design, special geotechnical studies and investigations were carried out to estimate these displacements. Cyclic pressure meter tests, expansion tests and consolidation tests were all carried out to define the unloading modulus of the soils at the excavation base. The analysis of these tests made it possible to define the soil parameters to be incorporated in the soil structure interaction models. These elastoplastic models included the construction sequence and made it possible to assess in both the transversal and the longitudinal directions of the extension an excavation base heave of approximately one centimeter. These results led to the implementation of the observational method. With excavation to the tunnel lining complete, the top and side segments of the ring were removed. The excavation continued to full depth. The station platform base cast and the permanent walls erected. A reinforced concrete slab was cast to form the roof of the station's extension and allow for the ground above to be backfilled. Then, in a second summer closure in 2019, the steel ribs were removed. The metro line was closed for a total of six weeks over the entirety of the project. Any other construction method the team devised needed a closure lasting at least six months. Prefabricated stairs were installed and the three stations were able to reopen, along with the 52 metre long trains, in late 2019. The project has been celebrated for its innovation and was recognised at the 2019 International Tunneling Association Awards in Miami, Florida, where it was awarded the Technical Innovation Project of the Year. The civil engineering works cost just 61 million euros. When you include the cost of the new rolling stock and other provisions to enable the works, the project cost totaled 180 million euros. Remarkably good value for money, as this doubles the capacity from 210,000 passengers to 420,000 passengers every day. The Tunnelling Podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by me, John Young, and co-hosted by Rian Owen. Script supervision is by Bernadette Ballantyne, and series supervision comes from Martin Nowak of the British Tunnelling Society. Our executive producer is Rory Harris. 
Special thanks this week to Anne-Laure Brazier of Tissot Engineer and also to Toulouse City Council, Arcadis and Effage. We'll be back again next month with another episode.